in this episode of Geek This, I'm going to continue with my IT duology, if you will, and I'm going to talk about the TV miniseries and the 2017 movie that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. Do you want a balloon too, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Now we aren't strangers, are we? I should get going now. Without your bow? Here. Take it. All right. Welcome back to Geek This. My name is Dave Clements, and I am super excited to keep talking about it. Since I watched the movie just a couple of weeks ago, I cannot get enough of this world. And this will be the last podcast episode that I talk exclusively about it. Although, rumor has it, and there's a little bit of proof that maybe I'm going to come back and visit this world just a little bit more. So if you're a Stephen King fan, you probably know what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not going to spoil it right now. All right. So let's go ahead and start talking about the films. OK, so let's go back to 1990 when the It miniseries came out. Now this was for TV and now if you go and you you try to find it, you can actually pick it up on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever, but it's 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 packaged as one movie. And that's the way I watched it. And to be completely honest, this movie didn't scare me. It didn't bother me. Although there were a couple of parts where I jumped and maybe they were jump scares. I haven't totally convinced myself otherwise. Um, but it was just maybe some frightening images that I didn't expect. Um, yes, primarily with the clown, because how many times do you watch a clown with sharp teeth and you know, that's normal. It it scares you a little bit. So yeah, I, I personally found this movie to be a little goofy and cheesy. And I think a lot of it was because it was made for TV, the book. And I, I'm trying my hardest not to compare this stuff to the book. Um, but in some ways you have to, okay? The book was not written to be PG or PG-13. It really wasn't. It was written to be an R-rated film if it was going to become a film, which I think anytime Stephen King is going to write a book... I think he plans on it becoming a movie. Otherwise, you wouldn't have like 30,000 different Stephen King movies floating around there that are good and bad quality. <clears throat> the Dark Tower, anyone? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with it being made for TV, it doesn't work. There's not as much of an impact, and at least for me. Again, with my parents, maybe it was different. 
So if you are older than me, I'm 30. So if you are older than me and, and old enough to remember when this showed up on TV, then maybe it did scare you. Maybe it freaked you the heck out of clowns, you know? So yeah, I, I, I wasn't scared. It didn't live up to the hype because every time I was like, yeah, I'm going to be watching the, the, the mini series. And they're like, Oh, that's so scary. It wasn't, it didn't frighten me much at all. And in fact, it really, really fell apart. It was hard to follow. And that that's going to be my biggest gripe. It was hard to follow. And even though you did have some good actors um, or well-known actors, I should say John Ritter as Ben. Oh man, I love John Ritter and I miss him dearly in movies, but even he couldn't save the movie. There were some lines of his that were just outrageous and ridiculous and just scenes that bleh. And I know that sounds terrible because this is an old movie and he's not around anymore. There was not much for me that could have saved it. Not even Tim Curry saved this movie for me. Um, is he an iconic character? Absolutely. I will never forget his version of Pennywise he, because he's different than the current Pennywise. And I'm going to get that, get into that in just a little bit, but yeah, this was just really, really rough. And that's why I'm beating it up because it was rough on me. All right. Um, speaking of Tim Curry as Pennywise, the way that Pennywise came off to me was more of a pedophile who got stuck in a drain. He he was creepy in the sense that you probably don't want your kids around him because you don't know what he's going to do to you or to them. Does that make sense? I don't think any of this is scary for adults. I think it's all scary for kids. If I sat down with my eight year old, she would probably hate clowns and hate me forever. All right. So, yeah, that's a rant. And it's the best review I could come up with having watched this movie. It is not on my must own list. All right. OK, so let's get into maybe the better part of the episode, depending on how I feel. Um, <laughs> I am. I feel like I'm all over the place and I hope I'm entertaining you. Because I got really worked up about that miniseries. And I kind of apologize. So let's jump 27 years into the future to current present day 2017. You know, unless you're not in 2017, you're in the future. But that's an old podcast joke and I'm not going there. So as you know... I finished listening to the audiobook the day that I went to see the movie, which was kind of a double edged sword for me because, on one hand, I had just finished a 45 hour long book. It took me three weeks to do it, but I finished it. And I was excited. I was proud of myself. The bad thing was I had to go to work and work eight or nine hours before I could go see the movie that I was really anticipating seeing. I was, I was extremely excited to have finished the book and I was even more excited to see what had changed in the book. 
or in, in the movie from the book, because that's the way that these things work. And I wrote a blog about source material. I will put it in the podcast show notes at geekthispodcast.com slash 70. But I was excited. I'm still excited. I'm going to go see it again soon because, okay, spoiler, I enjoyed it that much. That's why I did two episodes about it. Okay. I'm saying, okay, a lot. I need to stop that. And you need to, you need to comment and say, you know what? You say, okay, too much. It's a bad transition. So, um, the thing that was interesting to me was that this film, this new film that had just, has just come out, it was going to be the third set of eyes that, that would officially document the story. Now, um, Andy Muschietti, I, I believe that's how you say his name. I'm not totally sure, but the director, um, he was not the first choice or the first director, um, to work on this movie. Um, there was another guy and I can't remember his name. I think it's like Fukunawa or, or something like that. And I'm so sorry that I'm butchering the name, but he was the guy that originally set off to do this. Um, this movie, I'm losing my train of thought. Jeez. Um, so uh, you have his point of view because he is credited as co-writing some of the story for the movie, but, um, officially this Andy Muschietti guy, uh, he was the third set of eyes to tell this story. You had Stephen King, you had the director of the miniseries, and you have this new guy. And that was interesting to me because at the time, unfortunately, I hadn't finished watching the miniseries. I'd only watched about half of it. And so it was interesting to see the interpretations, what was left out of the miniseries that was in the novel. And I wanted to know what was going to be left out in this movie. So the biggest change in this that I noticed that I didn't notice in the miniseries until I finished watching it or was close to watch it, they actually moved the time frames up a little bit. And um, in, the, in this movie, it takes place in the 80s. So it becomes more relevant to me personally because I was born in the 80s. Granted, I grew up in the 90s, but the, the 80s are, are a pretty close era to me. I can relate to the 80s. Um, and it doesn't take place in the 50s with the kids. Also, this movie completely 100% takes place when the Losers Club are kids, which is really what I wanted the whole time. While reading the book, that's what I wanted. It's so much less confusing that way, unlike the sentence I just said. So, yeah, um... Yeah, so the first time in a long time, I was actually excited that we were going to get a series of movies, that we're getting kind of a franchise out of it. Um, I, I think it's always interesting when a movie tells the story that it does. And yes, there's a little bit hanging, but 
this is a complete movie. It's not relying on sequelitis. That's what I call it. That is the the worst thing. That's something that I just can't stand is when movies leave you hanging and you know that there's going to be a sequel. The story's been told in this movie once you get to the end and I'm bouncing around here. Of course I would be. Why wouldn't I do the thing I don't like that the novel and the TV show did? Anyway. Yeah, at the end of the movie, you don't know there's a sequel until it says it chapter one. Genius. Now I'm just hoping that there's not a chapter three after chapter two. There doesn't need to be. Okay, so um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about the movie, a little bit more in depth. So since I started this podcast almost five years ago, I have watched a lot more movies and checked out a lot more special features than I ever expected to. And that has given me an eye for small details that not everybody else always sees. Uh, so for me, the opening scene where Bill is making Georgie's paper boat, um, there's automatically this sense of gloom between the music and the rain and just the cinematography in general that it was just, it was beautiful in a gloomy kind of way. But one thing that I noticed is that when Bill is talking to Georgie and tells Georgie, you know, I can't sail this boat with you that I've made because I'm sick. He gives this little, it almost sounds like a fake cough. And I don't know if it was meant to sound that way, if it was meant to sound believable. But for me, as, as the oldest boy in my family, as the older brother, it sounded a little bit to me like, I don't really want to go outside and play with you because it's raining and I just don't want to be around you. That's kind of how it sounded for me. So it sounded like he was faking the cough or the sickness uh, to get out of playing. And for me, when I saw that and I thought about that while watching the movie, I was like, that's perfect because that gives even more motivation for Bill to want to find Georgie and save Georgie throughout the rest of the movie. Now, maybe that doesn't totally make sense in your mind, but it works for me. I thought that was that was pretty cool. And it instantly connected me to Bill. I mean, he wasn't rude, but it's kind of like that famous last words thing. You know, what did you say to them last before they died? Then that's morbid. It really is. But it connected me to Bill. And I think that is what this movie did that the other one didn't do. I wasn't connected to any of those characters. I didn't know who they were. Like, granted, I knew who they were because of the novel, but I wasn't connected. Woohoo. Whatever. You know? So, um, I mentioned the cinematography very briefly, but just those few minutes into the movie there was just kind of this instant feeling that something wasn't right. And that is a great feeling to have when you're going to watch a horror movie. But on top of that, not feeling right, the shots were gorgeous and I've become a nerd. 
I guess, when it comes to cinematography and lighting and things like that, I'm really starting to absorb it. So, you know, they do show these beautiful shots of dairy throughout the city or throughout the movie. But when you're watching this movie, you can't help but go, man, look at the contrast of what the city is supposed to look like versus what the Losers Club is going through. And I guess in a way that beauty betrayed the underlying story, but in a good way, not in a bad way. Like you're just, you know, this isn't a soap opera. This wasn't anything romantic or anything like that. It just, it just set everything perfectly. And it felt like a really good eighties movies that movie that we were watching. Um, and I've heard a lot of people compare it to stand by me. I would totally agree that this is potentially a modern stand by me with horror. All right. I'm saying all right again. See, like just like I was saying, okay, a lot saying all right, too. So those establishing shots, they. They were promising for me. And having read the book, I knew what should happen, what was going to happen. But every moment felt new. It felt fresh. And that is awesome for a movie adaptation. You don't always get that. You're usually very critical and all oh, this wasn't in the book and that wasn't in the book. This felt fresh, but it felt honest and it felt true to Stephen King's spirit. Stephen King even said that he loved this movie. He thought it was great. And that should speak leaps and bounds. In the last episode, I talked about the characters in the book just a little bit. But and I basically said that if you have good characters in your story, you can have connections. And that makes the story and the adventure that you have in that movie so much better. And right off the bat, I had that connection with Bill and that's very important to this story in particular. Now you can connect with the other losers and and all of that. But Bill is the most important one because he is the one with the main mission of saving his brother. And that's a lot of what drives the plot. Um, what was great, though, was that the director and the casting director did a fantastic job casting the other characters the the other kids as um the other characters i'm not going to list all of them um but i mean mainly because there are a lot of new faces that i've not seen before and i'm going to go back and check out those actors and see what they've done but i thought what was really cool was that finn wolfhard from stranger things which is a show that i really enjoyed um he was a perfect Richie Tozier. So if you've read the book, you know how flippant and cocky and arrogant and sarcastic he was. Totally enjoy that character. And I really think that Finn was a great character to portray him. Now, the bad thing with the characters is like the book, like the, the, the TV show, there was... Very little reason for Stanley Uris to even be a part of this. He doesn't play a massive role 
He's actually one of the last people I do believe to see it. And I've already mentioned what happens to him as an adult, but I don't feel the need for him to even be there because I don't know. He just didn't need to be there. The kid that played him in the movie did a good job. He, he was nervous. He was antsy. He was, he was afraid and that's fine. But I guess part of what makes the losers club interesting to me is yeah, they're losers, but in this weird way, as scared as they are in this, in the battle and in this journey to figure out what it is and to rescue Georgie and all of this stuff, there's bravery down deep in the center. And I don't feel that with Stanley Uris. He seems like a part that didn't need to be there or could have been combined with Eddie. I think Eddie could have been more nervous. I don't know. That That's just my, my opinion. But I've had that problem throughout all three iterations. So, you know, I just, again, I had to throw that in there. Now, um, we need to talk about the most publicized character who is it pennywise the clown uh to be correct pennywise the dancing clown now when i originally heard that it was going to be remade i remember seeing pictures of will poulter who um he's in a new movie called detroit with um john boyega and i think that looks really really good And uh, he was also in the Maze Runner and um, a little independent movie that I watched called Son of Rambo. That is absolutely hilarious. And I may talk about it in the future. Um, But Will Poulter was supposed to play Pennywise. And then I found out that because of scheduling conflicts, he couldn't do it. And originally, I thought the movie was off because they didn't have a good Pennywise. Well, lo and behold, Bill Skarsgård shows up now. Bill Skarsgård, I'd never seen in a movie, but I do believe he was on a Netflix TV show um, and he's part of the Skarsgård family. So, you know, you've heard that name. Um, He's his. I don't think it's his father. It could be his father. Um, Peter Skarsgård, I didn't do my research. Um, Anyway, he's in the Marvel movies. Uh, He's Thor's friend. He's a doctor. Dr. Selvig. Yeah. Anyway, that he's related to Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise. That's what I'm getting at. So, yeah. Anyway, I've never seen Bill Skarsgård. But when I first saw the first image of Pennywise. Wow. I was blown away. I was creeped out. I was excited to see how good this movie could be because They really, really ramp it up in the marketing. I will be totally honest. And maybe you don't agree that it was a good movie. I heard a lady leaving the theater that said that it was a stupid movie. I totally enjoyed it. And I think Bill Skarsgård was fantastic. And best of all, he's not comparable to Tim Curry. Tim Curry was really a clown, a creepy clown, but a clown in the movie. This Pennywise is a monster disguised 
as a clown, which I think is really the truest form of this character um, based on the novel. I think that is super important that 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 is how he's portrayed. So you can't really compare one to the other because they're two different characters. Old Pennywise, new Pennywise. They're the same character by name and spirit, I so to speak, but not really. If that makes sense. I was very, very impressed with Bill Skarsgård, his performance. And it was a surprise because again, I've never seen the guy before. And as is my rule, I only watch one trailer and there was very little Pennywise in that first trailer that I watched. Um, but yeah, the moment he says, hiya, Georgie, which is what I just played at the very beginning of the episode, you know, 20 some minutes ago. Um, I was hooked. I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. The way his voice pitched, you know, from from high kid friendly to kind of this low, monstrous, growly, hungry voice. It was, for lack of a better term, a treat. It was great. And I loved it. Every single time he would talk to these characters, man, he just he stole the show, which was really good because the kids stole the show when they were talking, when they were performing. It's just. It's unbelievable. It's great. And I'm fanboying over here. Bill Skarsgård's like just fantastic. Uh, I, I have a feeling I was probably sitting there smiling and slightly giggling to myself while watching the movie because I was just tickled with excitement. I'm sorry. Um, my favorite scene involving Pennywise real quick. Uh, is probably during the Nebolt house scenes um, where he's cornering Eddie um, down in the kitchen. Um, just a very, very cool part of the movie that has stuck with me. I, I can still see him climbing out of that fridge. So <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. That is an amazing scene. All right, let's let's move on to the final act here. Okay, so when they are in the largest part of the sewers to rescue Beverly and to fight Pennywise, I was super impressed with the set design. Again, I'm nerding out about little things here, but I was impressed with the set design because really the the most um, breathtaking part of this was this stack of bodies that Pennywise had made from all of his victims. And then you see some body parts floating. You see some people floating. It's just, it was really cool looking. I mean, just, just neat. And, and to see that that is where the, where they fought, um, their final battle, uh, it was just a perfect setting. And I've never really seen anything like that before that I know of. So, um, let me try and collect myself here, figure out where I'm going. Oh, yeah, the, the bodies, they really show um, how long this evil has been in Derry. I mean, this is this is not just a stack a couple feet high. I mean, it is very high. It's higher than it should be considering considering they're in the sewers. And that's when you realize, OK, there's something else going on here. 
And luckily, they didn't really play too much into the supernatural mythological stuff that I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, but that was that was pretty cool. And and seeing Beverly floating with the deadlights, you know, having looked at the deadlights, um, that was pretty creepy and just well, well filmed and well acted and everything that entire this whole movie it just impresses me and I don't know why I just can't get over it and that's why I've talked at length about it um but yeah I mean it's just really cool and best of all folks there's no giant spider to attack the losers in this movie and if there is one in the next one, um, hopefully it looks a lot better. Also, there was a little bit of a nice homage um, or foreshadowing, maybe, of the spider uh, during that final fight scene. Man, I can't wait to go back and see this. I like want to stop recording and go see it right now. No joke, but I'm going to finish this episode for you. Um, Yeah. So, like I said, um, and I've really geeked out about it, but it has been the first film in a really long time that as soon as it was over, I wished I could have walked back in the theater, bought another ticket, and sat through it again. It's just really good, and I feel like the more that I watch it, the more I'm going to see um, yeah, and I, I, I don't know, like, I'm sure there are a ton of little hidden Easter eggs. There were a few that I caught. Um, but I'm just, I'm excited to watch this movie again and it's nice to be this excited about a movie when I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you guys. So, um, that is about it. I easily give this movie a five out of five and I cannot wait until part two comes out. It's slated for 2019. So then I will probably revisit the, the, the series to talk about it, but this is it for, um, the main portion of my it series. Um, I, I, I wanted to do this basically as soon as I started reading the book because I thought, how cool would it be to kind of complete the it trifecta that is, you know, a movie or a book, a TV series and a movie. That's pretty cool. You don't really get that chance very often. So I've done it. I talked about it ad nauseum. And uh, I'm sorry that I went over a little bit in this episode. But um, yeah. Wow. Such a good movie. Go out and see it before it's out of theaters. Um, and, you know, comment and let me know what you think. Yeah. But that's going to do it. I'm done chitter chattering. <sighs> it's been quite the adventure. Um, so yeah, that's it for this episode of geek. This as always, thank you so much for listening all the way through till the end. I don't have anything special to give to you guys. Um, but yeah, just a huge thank you. And, uh, if you want, you can check out the show notes for this episode at geekthispodcast.com slash 70. And I may be back next week with a new episode. I may be back in two weeks with another episode. I haven't decided yet, but please stay subscribed and follow me on social media so that you know when a new episode is out. All right. 
to geekthispodcast.com slash social. Also, the show notes will have all this information. Um, but until then, again, thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys 